Welcome to Building Texas with Justin McKenzie and Summer Babarak, sponsored by the Bernie Kendall County Economic Development Corporation and Das Greenhouse. And now, here's your host, Justin McKenzie. You're listening to Building Texas on Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. I'm here with Summer Babarak, and we're excited to introduce you to Stacy Almaguer, if you don't already know her locally. We're going to have a great conversation over the next few minutes, and please stick around to learn more about really what everybody's doing in our county. I think Stacy is a powerhouse in what she's doing, what she's bringing locally, and, and how she's motivating people to action. It's a joy to be with you. Thank you. Summer, how are you? Oh, I'm living the dream. One day at a time. We had championship soccer on Sunday. We did. You stinker. You guys snuck it out. But we get the sportsmanship award. Is this FIFA level? No, this is nine-year-old level. (laughs) His son's team played my daughter's team. And we called it at the beginning. We on the first day, I said, "We're going to end up playing each other at the end of the season," (laughs) and we did. And they had a. We both had a lot of fun with it. Her husband was a coach for their team, and I think that was the high point for her daughter. Yeah, for sure. She was so excited for Mason, though. We were in the car because my infant was falling apart. I was like, we can't stay. We have to go. And she said, oh, I'm so happy for Mason, Mom. I want you to text his dad. I was like, okay, kiddo. I love that your daughter has emotional intelligence. That is amazing. Yeah, she was super pumped. Oh, oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Stacey, thank you for joining us today. We see your work around town, but help our listener understand if they don't already know your name, where would they recognize you from? The most important thing is my day job where I landed in Bernie. I am the CEO of Hill Country Family Services. And so we are the local triage organization that supports families and individuals in crisis. We are typically the first call when something is happening in our community. For example, when the grid shut down and no one had anywhere warm to go and we needed water. I engaged with our entire community, the leadership of our community, to make sure that we helped mitigate some of those issues. I personally didn't shower for 10 days. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> Just I'm in it with our community. I also volunteer a lot because I feel like it takes our entire village to be supportive. I participated in Leadership Bernie, so I know a lot of my Leadership Bernie crowd thinks, oh, no, we know that we were the best class that ever was a leadership Bernie. I read to kids at the elementary schools and I have a lot of funny stories about that as I shared earlier with you as well. I see a lot of organizations from the inside out. And so it is a joy to live in a community. I'll tell you a really funny story. I've shared this so many times and I'm sure it embarrasses them terribly, but do you know Matt Nelson from Prime Capital? Yes. Okay. So Matt and I sat at the a table away from each other at the Bernie Reads Gala about five years ago. And I sat there and I said to my husband, oh my gosh, I know that guy. And so I went up and I said, hi, Matt. Last time we saw each other, I was um, showing sheep with you at the Morris County Fair. And we were about 15. Oh my gosh. And so that might seem a coincidence, except our county, our home county has less than 2,500 people. And we grew up in another state in the Midwest. And so the fact that both of us found our way to Bernie, Texas in leadership roles is a testament, I think, to how incredible Bernie is because it attracts people that live here, but also to, it was, it's a very similar to community of a community as one that we left. And it's, again, it's a joy to, to serve here, be here, be part of the 
community that truly cares and doesn't want any credit for it, that's to me is really important, is that the missions of what we're here to accomplish need to outlive us. They need to be sustainable and they need to have great succession plans behind them because we're all going to fade and the community will live on. And we want to make sure that is done in a very um, healthy and very um, intentional way. As I've watched your work in the community and, and you're active with the county, the city, uh, other organizations, you're always helping them activate in a different way from what I understand. And Hill Country Family Services may be the catalyst for that because of crisis management. You need to know where your resources are, who's there to support, or how are you reaching in to support them as organizations? But how do you do that? And, and I, sometimes I hear you call it your side hustle or seeing chasing just a curiosity that you carry. So I really, if you want to unpack the backpack of rocks on the back of my back, I want to say it probably came from just where we grew up. We were part of the kids who grew up in the farm crisis of the 80s. And so if you don't know what that's all about, it's basically farmers across the Midwest went bankrupt overnight because the federal government stopped subsidizing the farmer. And so we watched our parents sell everything they had. And so there was so much grit that was built into me and kids like me. And so I think that I look to my left and I look to my right all the time because that was part of that nurturing I had as a kid was making sure that everybody was okay. And so I took that into my adult years. And before I was with Hill Country Family Services, I worked for a national-based organization. My boss was the president of the United States. I had to work with everyone because shocking as it sounds, the bigger the nonprofit organization, the more you need community wraparound support. And so for us to be successful in our programs, we had to have partnerships with communities and schools. We had to have partnerships with the YMCAs, and and I could go on and on with all of the school districts. And so when I made the intentional decision to come to Bernie to work, I realized that was missing, and it was shocking to me how a small community didn't talk. And I'm sure there were a lot of amazing, good conversations going on, but with all the helping inputs, the individuals who are supposed to work together to make things happen so there's no duplication of services and and there really is intentionality in order to push community and county objectives forward, nobody talked. And so I felt that was calling Maybe that's where I could do the best that I could possibly do for Bernie is to contribute that part of who I was internally to make that happen. And so it's been a very exciting process to to start connecting the dots, having hard conversations, better understanding what the needs of the community were first, and then figuring out who had helping inputs that could possibly help solve that problem. We can't fix the world on our own. And Again, Bernie is a very special place. We talk about it all the time, very idyllic. We've been modeled as a Hallmark movie. But at the end of the day, we're a growing community with diverse people and diverse needs. And people are messy. People get divorced. People make bad financial decisions. People have addiction issues. Like We're just like everywhere else. And as the trajectory of our growth is identified and discussed, the more people the more in every category, individuals with all kinds of diverse needs. And so we had to be prepared for that. And so I hope that's answering your question somewhat. Absolutely. But how I almost describe it is you're getting ahead of the crisis. You're understanding through data and organization and just your curiosity, hey, we have a daycare issue coming down the pike. And you're working with leaders in that space 
to avoid the crisis situation that could follow. I'll say what Bryce Bodie, a licensed master social worker who works in my office, says constantly. We're trying to change the tire on the car as it drives down the highway. Because I want to say that we're ahead of it, but we're not. We, If we were ahead of it, we would have every resource here in town. I'll, I'll give you an example of that. And everybody knows this. That might be why people know it, because I tell it all the time. Our daughter passed away five years ago. I had two little boys in my house. They needed counseling. It was horrible. It was horrific. It was everything you want to describe. And I could not find grief counseling for my kids. And when I did, there was a wait list. And then once I finally got in, they hassled us for money. And it's every barrier you could put. And it was 50 miles away. And so I had the capacity to pay for the services, to drive the 50 miles to get to the grief counselor, take my kids out of school, get them tutoring when they, because they were missing quite a bit of school. I share so much of that to say, if we had it all together as a community, that wouldn't have been my experience at all. And you replicate that time and time again, whether it be food security we wouldn't have a food insecurity problem in our community. People could afford where they're living. If we really were the Rockwell, uh, Norman Rockwell community that I think we are, which we are, I'm not belittling the fact that, that we have this amazing outward facing perspective, but internally we have a lot of work to do. There are not enough daycares. We're not New York City. It's no, come on, why don't we have enough daycares? And so I feel like we as community members need to align with whatever is happening in our community and put forth our expertise in a way that's not threatening and partnership-based. And that's where collaboration happens as well is because I'm a huge collaborator. I don't want to do anything by myself. I don't want any credit for it. I don't want anybody to know that I was necessarily involved, but I know where I want to live. And if I know that you have that experience that I had, I wouldn't wish that on you ever. And I want your life to be better, almost like I feel like a sacrificial lamb a little bit. <laughs> because you want better. You, you, and I think most people want the very best for not only themselves, but if they're altruistic enough, they want it for their community. And so that's what I feel like we're doing here. And that's what I want to do is that if I've experienced it and I had anything less than the perfect experience, then I want to help somebody do better. It's, I heard a quote not long ago that said, if the door has been open for you, turn around and keep it open for the person behind you. Because that's who you want as your neighbor. That's who you want living in your community. You don't want people taking advantage of the resources and then slamming the door shut behind them because, God forbid, you shouldn't have the experience. And there are some people like that, but that's not what Bernie is. The culture of Bernie is really to take care of ourselves and as well as our neighbors, almost like our neighbors more than ourselves. You're listening to Building Texas with Stacey Almaguer. When we come back from the break, we're going to really dive into exactly how that collaboration looks and, and what the community's been able to do very recently. This is Justin McKenzie from Building Texas. Today's segment is brought to you by Das Greenhouse. Das Greenhouse is a business incubator launched here in Bernie to serve our local community. Das Greenhouse is a place where you can come to grow your idea. Our goal is to make Bernie accessible to people who are looking to grow a business, expand a business, or learn more about what's out there in their community and get involved. Visit us at dosgreenhouse.org or come visit us at 7 Upper Balconies Road, Bernie, Texas. Das Greenhouse. 
Welcome back to Building Texas with Stacy Almagir as our guest today. We're really diving into Bernie, but I, I don't want to limit the conversation to Bernie because when we talk about Hill Country Family Services, it's really Kendall County. And when you drive down Main Street in our Norman Rockwell community, it's easy to say, wow, what a prosperous community. But if you drove outside of Main Street a little bit, if you look a little bit harder, there is need. And, and then there's always the messiness of humans where crisis happens. And you've helped play a large role in what is now the Kendall County Behavioral Health Advisory Coalition. And that started as a behavioral initiative. And that's what stuck in my mind, because I remember years ago when all of the nonprofits came together and it was introduced as an initiative. So can you walk us through the history of where did that initiative go? And why am I coming back to you today saying, I don't know what that is? Absolutely. So I'll go back at least a decade where Sheriff Al said, I do not know why, but our county jail is where individuals are coming when they have mental health issues. And that's unacceptable. And so he started this again well over a decade ago. And so fast forward, about five years ago, a local foundation came to town and said, what are your greatest needs? And we said, okay, we've had a few. If anybody drives around here in Bernie, you know that transportation is a living nightmare. Okay, number one. Number two, water. That's a huge issue that not only faces us here in Bernie, but throughout the entire Hill Country. Both of those are bigger than the group that was convened, which was a group of, of community leaders and nonprofit organizations. Um, the third thing that was identified was that mental and behavioral health issues could not be a, a addressed and solved in Kendall County. There aren't enough providers that can provide the resources necessary, just like the example I gave earlier. There wasn't a grief counselor for children. And so that is one of many things that encompass the title of mental and behavioral health. And so I want to make sure the definition is crystal clear about why we we chose to name it the Behavioral Health Initiative, which is <clears throat> we wanted to make sure that addiction issues were included because mental and behavioral health kind of hold hand in hand. When you struggle with mental health issues, sometimes you use behavioral ways to handle meaning drug use, alcohol addiction, all kinds of things that lead to nefarious behaviors. And we felt like mental wasn't strong enough. We wanted to make sure that it was a comprehensive title, which was very clear. And that's also a standardized definition. It's one that's used across the nation, around the world. When you look up behavioral health, it's addiction issues, mental health issues, depression, anxiety. All of those things are all wrapped up in the title and definition of behavioral health. And so we didn't want there to be any confusion whatsoever that we are addressing both behavioral issues as well as mental issues. That's amazing. I, I have a bit of that in my family. And so I can absolutely sympathize with being a family member of someone who is struggling with a mental health disorder, which is then to your point goes hand in hand with the only term I was equipped with growing up was self-medicating. Mm -hmm. And so I find it really interesting. And to your point about the child grief counseling. So what I'm curious about is to your point that you made earlier about the daycares, we're not New York City. So we don't have this massive population. So the idea that we should have sufficient resources to provide to those individuals struggling to access resources in our community, 
But there's also the question of do we have enough of those issues that a provider would be able to come and make a living in this particular community? And I don't know the answer to that. So you've hit on so many. Thank you. Thank you. I just want to take you home. (laughs) I feel like a little girl I read to this morning. I just want to take you home. Because you get it. Number one, I'll answer it in a different way. So bear with me. We have demographers that the school district employs that get down to within a 0.001% margin that identify how many rooftops, how many kids, how many schools. We need that same strategy and that same kind of oversight for the needs of our community as well. Like, I get it. Maybe we don't have the financial resources to pay for that type of thing, but for goodness gracious, we can get to the point where we know exactly that trigger point when we need a new school built. So why wouldn't we have a trigger point when we need We know when we need X number of daycares, and then that's something that could be backfilled with information to the EDC, and that's how it could really prompt individuals to think about their entrepreneurship, and hey, in five years, I might like to start this type of business because this entity says that doesn't, to the best of my knowledge, it doesn't exist, and it certainly doesn't exist for mental and behavioral health providers, because I'll tell you this, and this is not to devalue the phenomenal individuals who are in this community that do provide these services, sliding scale. Not everybody can go to the local psychiatrist and pay 350 bucks a pop because you get a call from the high school that says your child is exhibiting um, uh, suicidal tendencies you shouldn't have to risk not being able to pay your mortgage because that's the direction that your family has to be going. And so a lot of it is sliding scale capacity Mm -hmm. or like we've been providing free counseling for the past 18 months here in Bernie. We have, I have to do math in my head quick, almost 2000 hours of free counseling that our organization through relationships with practicum students at our local ma- uh, universities, individuals who are working on their master's mm-hmm. degrees. So a lot of it is just the creativity and collaboration of finding those resources and bringing them locally. I also think that we need to collectively do a better job of connecting with our, I was mentioning to Justin yesterday when we were having lunch, that the city has a master plan. They mm-hmm. have set forth exactly and pretty precisely where they're going. And so I think that as business owners and as residents, we need to know what's going on. And I think that the city does a really good job of describing where we're going Mm -hmm. Uh, intentionally. I met with some of our city leaders about four years ago and took a look at the master plan and identified ways in which my organization could intersect with the city when it came to supporting our behavioral health needs in our county. And so we embedded a licensed master social worker with this city police department. And that was a position the city couldn't afford, but I could. And so we met in the middle, they paid half, we paid half. And then magically we had a problem not solved but a problem in progress. Right. And so we've then, I could spend here all day and it's, we don't have the time for that, but we have accomplished unbelievable things by working together and really taking a look at the big picture and rewinding to figure out who has what resources and how can we plug them in together. Another example is that Bernie ISD needed an addiction recovery specialist. Their budget could only allow for someone to come in, I believe it was eight hours a week, but they needed someone to be full-time to Mm -hmm. work with students 
at the, uh, both high schools. And so we said, we're willing to contribute X amount of money. And I think it was like $25,000. And the school district said, we feel confident that we can make up the difference. And so together, collectively, we hired that person. And now they've they have just done unbelievable work. And interestingly enough, that position is now embedded in the school. It sounds as though you guys have made some incredible progress oh, we in have. addressing these things. How do we do? What's the report card in terms of how we're doing here as a community versus, I don't know if you're, if you are aware of other communities that are working this way or on a county or national or state level, how are we doing? So I'm going to answer your question, then I'll go backwards. Okay. okay. So we're a unicorn. The sheriff says it, the chief of police says it, our mayor says it. We are a unicorn community because we are taking risks and a lot of communities don't feel comfortable taking those types of collective risks. And so risks meaning having hard conversations. Mm -hmm. Risks meaning taking a look at things very objectively and bringing to the table what you have to contribute. Because maybe you can't, as an isolated entity, do it all yourself. But if everybody came to the table with everything, think about it as a meal. Like you only have cheese, but you're hungry but all your neighbors have the rest of the ingredients and together you could make lasagna. Stone soup. Yeah. I was, yes. Thank you. <laughs> so I'll go backwards a little bit and say, um, so the behavioral health initiative was initiated. It brought together hundreds of individuals in our community, our leaders, our, our members of our society, just people at large, pastors, nonprofit executives, everybody came together and said, this is a problem. We identify, yes, this is the problem that we want to solve. Lots of uh, conversations went on for about two years, and then initiations do what initiatives do. I hope that was grammatically correct. But so we came up with the, okay, here we go. What are we going to do? And so the Behavioral Health Advisory Coalition was developed because, as it was said, we had a huge community meeting last week. We don't know how better marketed it could possibly have been because we had over 90 people in city council, all leaders in our community, all individuals of, with circle of influence. Mm -hmm. We have the following individuals who are currently serving on the advisory coalition, which are our city manager, Ben Thatcher, our county judge, Judge Delarsic. We have our district attorney, Nicole Bishop. We have our assistant district attorney. We have our superintendent from Bernie ISD, superintendent from Comfort ISD. Who am I forgetting? Our sheriff, our Air chief police. of police, which those are the two most important because they're the chairman, uh, the co-chairs of this, myself and Bryce Bodie. Around that vestibule, are the people with the budgets and the wherewithal to make change. And so, but we can't do it alone. And that's where the ego left the room. It was almost a very spiritual experience. Um, none of us represents faith-based organizations, but I think you really felt that spiritual buzz in the community room, knowing that we were doing great work. Mm -hmm. And so as a result of that initiative, which brought everybody together, did what it was supposed to do, turned into a coalition, which requires community leadership to step up to the table and say, this is the issue. This is what we're going to focus on. And there are work groups that have been developed in a variety of areas. So we're now going to be concentrating on children, veterans, intellectual disabilities, individuals that are over the age of 60, 
individuals who are vulnerable in our population of struggling with financial wherewithal, maybe in, in the top uh, lower 20% of economics. So we're, there are intentional work groups who are all pouring their resources together to try to figure out how we can influence the mental and behavioral health needs of the citizens of our county inside of our county. And something that I'm so famous for, I don't mind being audacious and saying what needs to be said. County's better than that. How can we ask our citizens to have to leave and pay thousands of dollars to obtain the resources in the most vulnerable times of their lives because we just didn't plan for it? Mm-hmm. And, and this is a time in our society. Look at what COVID did to our kids. There will be longitudinal studies that will go on for decades talking about the damage that COVID did to the mental health of our kids. Mm-hmm. And, and we're just really grateful to be humble in the community doing a great work that is being recognized on a global level. Rebecca Foley, Officer Rebecca Foley, submitted, it was, it's a, I wish I had the name of the award. I'd be happy to send it to you. You can put it on your Facebook. It is an award that was given to communities who all work together in this respect, collaborations, because it's not common. Most people can't leave the ego behind Mm -hmm. uh, far enough in order to do things that are together. And so we need to continue this work. We, this will be going on for years and we've just begun. You're listening to Building Texas on Bernie Radio 103.9 FM. To summarize, Stacy, you, you do tremendous work and your organization is incredibly important to our community. But what I've learned today is there's a lot happening in our community. The master plan, I want to go dig into that for the city. I, I hope that the county is working on a strategic plan to mirror that and would allow us to really organize the resources like you've done in, in this sector and say, where's the federal funding? Where's the state funding? Where's the local funding to really solve these big problems? Because they are growing problems that are continuing to plague us. And then finally, uh, a call for a brain trust. Who in our community beyond that coalition is really looking at all aspects of life in Kendall County and helping organize the resources like you are. I appreciate what you are doing and the way that you are building Texas and an environment that is moving quickly. I really appreciate that. And I love the phrase brain trust, but I want to put something behind it because I want to know what things mean. So if somebody says, I have something to contribute to this, would they contact you? Would If, if somebody said, I think I have some... I think I have some mental fortitude to put toward this topic. I was the CEO of X Corporation back in my working years in Minneapolis, and now I live in this great community. How can I become part of this brain trust? Who do they contact? I'd welcome them to reach out to me at justin at bkcan.org or justin at buildingtexas.co is probably the better address. But really, I think we need to find leaders like you, Amy, Kim, Ben, names we all know and say, what is the task? What is the goal? What's the new initiative for a group that we want to call a brain trust? I think that's a brilliant idea. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me to be part of this morning. Pleasure. This is Justin McKenzie from Building Texas. Today's segment is brought to you by Das Greenhouse. Das Greenhouse is a business incubator launched here in Bernie to serve our local community. Das Greenhouse is a place where you can come to grow your idea. Our goal is to make Bernie accessible to people who are looking to grow a business, expand a business, or learn more about what's out there in their community and get involved. Visit us at dasgreenhouse.org or come visit us at 7 Upper Balconies Road, Bernie, Texas. Das Greenhouse.
93.9 FM. Now let's head over to the Patrick Heath Public Library with Miss Constance for Children's Story Time. As the Patrick Heath Library is open today from 10 to 4, this is Bernie Radio.